Luke chapter 2. And I want to talk about something that is kind of unique about Christmas and about this time of the season. Something that we probably don't see externally, but it happens during this time of year. And let's just read Luke chapter 2. And I want to bring these verses in a light that we've never seen them before by the grace of God. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her, Mary, to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And John 14, verse 27, just listen to this verse. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Father, we pray you bless these words and thank you for Ron's edifying, lively message. We pray that you would bless these few short words. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. Um, This time of year, we know that uh, there's a real emphasis on joy, right? And it's almost paradoxical to see how the story goes and how so much emphasis on the fact that we are told that Christmas for Christians should be the happiest time of the year, an opportunity to be joyful and grateful with family, friends, and colleagues. Yet this is really one of the hardest times of the year. Um, According to the National Institute of Health, Christmas is the time of year that people experience a high incidence of depression. Hospitals and police forces report high incidences of suicide and attempted suicide. As a matter of fact, uh, this past week I had heard a friend of ours, his sister, who was not a believer, um, uh, leaped from a building and tried to end her life, but actually somebody caught her. Somebody caught her, and her life is spared. No, not even one broken bone. And, and so that's really amazing. This time of year is really a time where it's very hard for people. Psychiatrists, psychologists, and other mental health professionals report a significant increase in patients complaining about depression. Uh, one North American survey reported that 45%, listen to this, 45% of people that were that they had um, treated were they had dreaded this time of year and yet we see on tv just the emphasis of joy and when we read these verses we have to get a picture of what mary and joseph were facing Uh, we are seeing here a different picture than what we see projected sometimes at the nativity scene we are I saw this picture here earlier, and I thought, what a great picture of what Mary and Joseph were going through. They were on the run. This was a couple that had a very different kind of situation. Actually, the first Christmas was quite stressful and a bit anticlimactic. Let's think about it for a minute. Here's Mary. She's been visited by an angel. It's been quite an amazing event where her meeting with Elizabeth 
uh, a lot of talk about the coming Messiah, and then suddenly they are on the run. They are on the run. It's like they are almost like these refugees that we see on TV from Syria. The first Christmas was very stressful, and there was no room for the Son of God, the Savior of the world, to be born. Imagine that. God has this amazing plan, millennia of prophecies, um, chapters and books written about the coming Messiah. And guess what? That day comes, and you would think that there would just be this great fanfare to receive the Son of God coming into the world. Guess what? Nobody was ready. Nobody showed up. It's amazing, huh? You ever plan a big event and nobody shows up? (laughs) Nobody showed up. I mean, he's the Son of God, the creator of the world. Nobody shows up. And as a matter of fact, there's no place, I'm sorry, there's no place for you to stay. There's no place for, there's like, you know, there's no place for you to even stay. So they had to go into what we know the story. They had to go into a barn. A pregnant woman has to give birth to a child. Think of the sanitary conditions of that barn um, for the Son of God. And so this was extremely stressful. This was not a happy and one cent by sight event. This was a very dis- dis- potentially discouraging situation. And on top of that, in Joseph's mind, he's still trying to deal with the fact that his wife, his wife that he has not married, is now pregnant and giving birth. Imagine being a husband and going through that in your mind. Like, okay, I trust that this is the case, but is this really, whose child is this? I mean, it's a very, um, it's a very awkward event, isn't it? And this is what I think Christmas, and I think that God did this on purpose because God does not come in a display of mighty power, but he comes in the display of great weakness and trust in God. Jesus was not born like an atom bomb. He was born like in great weakness. In Romans chapter 8, verse 3, he was born in the likeness of sinful flesh. And we've said this before a few weeks ago about on our... On our um, series on angelic conflict that the devil underestimated the humility of God the devil thought that God was just like him and that God would kill all human beings but the devil did not even perceive God he did not even understand who God was and he didn't even realize that God might even come in the form as a baby boy and be born isn't that amazing that's the humility of God and so we are in a time today, as we know, and I'm just talking to the family here. This is a lot of people that are struggling. We know we just this past week we had someone in um, Aggie's family. We had a memorial service for just an untimely death it was on Thanksgiving, and this probably will probably see we'll probably hear more of this. Unfortunately, uh, people today are in a place where they are struggling. And why is this? Is it because of the dark winter weather that increases the incidences? Of, and they call this, they have a name for this, you know. They, and now they have a name for it. They call it Seasonal Affective Disorder, SAD, SAD. They call this now a disorder. But I think there are six major reasons, and I want to go over these with you th- this morning. Six reasons that people struggle. And I want to give us these because maybe some of us are facing some of this. Maybe some of us are know people that are facing this. Number one, the first reason, by the way, (laughs) 
What a paradox this season is, isn't it? Like, I don't, have you been to the store recently? Uh, this woman here looks like a person I saw at the store. Um, how many of you have seen the brawls outside the malls? And it's because there's what is called a frustration index. Do you remember the frustration index? We talked about this, what that is. It's an index. It's basically, it's a measurement of the top being the ideal state of mind, happy, joyful. Um, if you're watching the Hallmark Channel, romance and love and your dream love comes true, the ideal moment in, in uh, the Christmas season. And then, then there is our experience, which is down here. Like, I am not happy. I am discontent. I don't have money. I have all of these problems. And this is the way I should be, the world says. But this is my experience down here. And the distance between the ideal and the way I think I should be during the Christmas season and what I'm really experiencing down here is called, that distance is called the frustration index. It means that the higher the ideal or the higher the standard of the way I think that Christmas should be compared to what I'm really experiencing is called frustration. <laughs> frustration, I'm frustrated. How do we deal with that? Well, why are there these things that people experience? You know, depression happens after frustration. And uh, today we live in a world that... Um, no other generation in the world has been so medicated as our generation. Our generation. Now they are giving, I just read yesterday, uh, psychotropic drugs to five-year-olds. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Some of these drugs are not even tested. And one, one kid was like not even five, and he was taking these drugs. And, uh, you know, he would... Um, you know, they were so powerful that he would be hallucinating and screaming. And uh, this is just not God's will. It's not God's will for his creation to be living in depression. Mm -hmm. And we all face depression at different times. And there are times when we do not experience the joy. And we need to understand how to define that and then how do we deal with it. So number one, why do we struggle with um with depression or why do people struggle with depression during the holiday season well number one unrealistic expectations and we covered some of these at our last meetup unrealistic expectations you and i and other family members have unrealistic expectations meaning that well any any expectation we have on people on their fallen flesh will always result in frustration and disappointment that's what disappointment is. Disappointment is the result of whenever I trust either my own flesh or somebody else's fallen flesh. It's always going to end that way. It's always going to end that way. What do we have to do? Well, we have to trust God for people. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. In a, in a minute. People, we have to understand that people cannot fulfill our needs ultimately. People are not going to be able to fulfill our needs ultimately. My wife or my, you know, if you have a husband, your parents, your, your grandparents, your family, they are not, your children, they are not going to be able to fulfill your needs ultimately. And you know what? We can't ask them to do that. This is what happens during Christmas is that there are people, we have expectations for family members and family members have expectations for us, even in Christian families. We've all experienced it. 
We've all experienced it. And that's how difficulties happen in families that result in frustration and depression is when someone doesn't meet someone else's unrealistic expectation. And so we know expectations from family is always high during the holidays. So we can't, try, we can't succumb to trying to meet people's expectations. How many of you can feel sometimes the expectations of other family members on you? We don't need to try to fulfill those expectations. We need to be secure in God's love and in the finished work and just give people God's love. You know, Whenever you feel that pressure that you need to perform or that something is expected from you that's not realistic, uh, don't react to it. Give people God's love. Don't make excuses and don't react, but just show, people's, show people unconditional love. And you know something too? Never apologize for your life in Christ. Never apologize for that. Sometimes we feel we're a little radical. We have to kind of explain to people why we're so radical, why we bang on chairs when we're praying. I mean, sometimes we have to feel like we have to explain that, you know, like, you know, but don't ever succumb to that intimidation because that's the world. That's the world projecting at the spirit-filled believer that is walking with God that we need to in some way fulfill the world's expectations. That's number one. Number two, uh, people struggle with, with depression because of just conflict. And we talked a little bit about that just a minute ago. If we're going to spend time with people that, you, that we have a conflict with or that do not like us, then there's three things that we have to do. All right. Number one, we just got to build ourselves up first. This is just a, this is a fundamental principle that we need to learn how to do is that before we face very difficult circumstances in our life, we need to build ourselves up first before we try to face it. Build up yourself in your most holy faith is what Paul said. Building ourselves up in our most holy faith. Taking the shield of faith that is able to quench fiery darts. Speaking of spiritual warfare. How often have we walked into a circumstance not ready for spiritual warfare without our, our shield of faith built up in the word of God and we just get shot down? And so we need to build ourselves up in Christ and really to be careful not to act out old wounds with people. Because um, there are people that are going to want to push buttons because they're angry themselves. I met a couple who are now divorced and their kids came to me and they're like 14, 15 year old kids. And they said to me, Pastor, what, what do I do? My parents just argue all the time and it's just, it's, it's for them, it's just hilarious to, hilarious to watch the whole thing. We just, you know, they're like, I hope we never become adults like this. And I said, you just pray for them, build yourself up and don't allow this to tear your soul down. Because depression, actually the word depress is not to push, but it means to let go. When you depress something, there's press and then you depress. It's like when, you, when, something, when you're under a lot of pressure, and this can happen in the month of December, when you're under a lot of pressure and you feel that pressure, right? And then that, the pressure comes off. Then there's that, you know, kind of like that rising up again. That is, that is what the word depress means. It's the post-traumatic experience. It's the post-situational circumstance. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the, the, the after-the-fact feeling. And we have to know how to deal with this with God. 
relational conflicts. Number two, pray for them. You know, start praying for your family now, today, if you haven't started doing that for this Christmas. Like, start praying for them today. Start interceding for them. And listen to God about what he wants to do. And maybe God just wants you to be quiet and just be prayerful and to guard your own heart. Or maybe God wants you to say something to them. We have to judge people's capacity because sometimes if somebody doesn't have a capacity and we try to say something to them, it could actually even be worse. And so many times we have to till the soil of just prayer and prayer and prayer until God opens the opportunity. And then lastly, uh, the third thing, uh, number two, and how to deal with conflicts uh, is really take your own flesh to the cross. Just bring your flesh to the cross. And I mean, actually, it's already been crucified So we just need to reckon on that. You know, we have flesh, and we're going to be in circumstances during the month of of December, and there are going to be times when we want to react. You know, we're going to want to just say, you know what, you know, this is what I think of that, and this is what I think of you. (laughs) Take that to the cross. Just don't do that. You know, just take it to the cross. And don't get in the flesh. Just Because when we are in the flesh, we actually, we limit God. Number three, this is a big one. I think that instead of running from our past or pretending about, about things or blaming people, we need to avoid excessive reflection on ourselves. You know what that means? Like at the, at the time of, you know, around the holidays, uh, people that are, that are, you know, we that have broken relationships, uh, we begin to kind of reflect on ourselves outside of the finished work forgiveness. You know, ever do that? You know, the, the holidays are coming. And maybe there are some people that can't really talk to anybody else. Maybe there are certain parts of the people of our families that we can't really talk to just because of the situation. And we kind of begin to, because it's the holiday and all the families are together and that's the, that's the ideal, you know, the fireplace, the snow, you know, the singing the carols. And that's the ideal. But really my experience is, is there's no fireplace, there's no snow. And there's no whole family. It's just actually in a million pieces. And we could actually begin to look at ourselves a lot and just say, this, these are all the wrong things that I've done. We have to not do that. And we have to look at, we have to turn our eyes into the bigger meaning of what Christmas is. That God came in the form of weak flesh to save us and to give us an eternal purpose. We need to get a bigger picture of Christmas than what's happening in our personal lives you know what we can do? Instead of blaming people or running from our past, we can just get involved with what God is doing in the church. And this is what I, I always like to look at Christmas as a great time to reach out to people. And this is a great way for us to escape from just living in self-introspection and examining yourself. And I think that every one of us in this room could be thinking about things that we would have liked to have done differently in our life. But that's okay. God redeems everything We need to stop looking at ourselves outside of the finished work and look at ourselves in our new eternal purpose, that God has given you and I a purpose. In the the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, and I don't know if it's ever been, I've never heard anyone preach on this before. Hebrews chapter 11 is not filled with men full of faith. (laughs) It's just filled with people that had very little faith but trusted in God's grace. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 is. And that's what makes our lives great is when we trust in something that's much bigger than us and that's our eternal purpose. 
And so don't live in self-reflection. When you start reflecting on yourself, just stop it. Get up, go to another room, open your Bible, do some, make a phone call, send someone a text, encourage and minister to people. Don't live in self-reflection. Number four, uh, another thing that causes depression and sadness during Christmas is the pressure to spend a lot of money. Have you felt that? I don't know, maybe you don't feel that, but, um, you know, Aunt Susie bought me a very expensive sweater last year, so I need to spend a lot of money on Aunt Susie this year. That's just not God. (laughs) That's just not the way it is with God. And number five, loneliness. Loneliness. Um, Make make Christmas a time to reach people. I think it's very easy for us to look at ourselves in a victim mentality. And begin to withdraw. But don't live in loneliness and step out of step out of victim mode. And I just want to finish with this that um, I just want to finish with this very simple message. In, in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'll just finish with this, that the world has no answer for depression. They just say, let me, let's just get medicated. The medical world is making a lot of money off of depression. And our answer for depression and sadness is, number one, don't live under the stress of the season. Number two, don't live with the ideal of Christmas needs to be this way. But live in God's mind with an eternal purpose to minister. And this is the last point I just want to say, that, that Christmas, there's a, the, the powerful meaning of Christmas is, is that we can minister to people. What my wife and I like to do many times when we have a holiday is to invite someone to our house or invite people to our house that really don't have anywhere to go or don't have the possibilities. And if we can't come to our house, and we would like, we like to go to them or minister to them in some way. Make this Christmas, let's make this Christmas a time where we can minister to people and step outside of our little sphere of conflicts and, and pressure and stress And let's step out and let's shock the devil and just serve people and love people with an eternal purpose. Because when we do that, then we're making Christmas really what Christmas was meant to me. And that is just the day of the grace gift of God. Amen. Amen. So let's just pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for.